hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And so, Father, we thank you for your word today. And I pray that every single individual in this place, their lives will be transformed into the image of your son, Jesus Christ, as a result of hearing your word today. And I step back now. We step back for the Spirit of God to step up so that he may minister life and encouragement to your people. And I declare in the life of every single person that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow their lives as a result of what is being taught today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you're visiting for the very first time, In the month of September, for the last few years, we've decided to separate our church where the 9 o'clock services are going to be for the whole month of September for our married individuals. And then the 11 o'clock service, which is what you're sitting in, is actually for singles or non-married people. So if you're visiting and you're married, go ahead and stay anyway, and we'll give you a free copy of this morning's service that was for married people. So all you have to do is tell our bookstore you're married and they'll give you one. Now married in, 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 uh, in, in real terms is you have had a license given <laughs> by a minister. Okay? Now, uh, let me say this. There are so many different topics that I could talk about when it comes to singles. And so what I want to do to make sure I minister uh, relevant topics and thoughts to you in this month, I'm going to ask you to give me your top three areas that you'd like for me or desire for me to talk about. The top three, and make sure they're in order, number one, number two, number three, and I want you to go and email that to info, I-N-F-O, you can write this down, I-N-F-O at W-O-T-F-C dot com. I'll say that again. I want you to go and give me your top three areas you'd like for me or desire for me to minister on for the month of September for singles, you're going to email them to admin, A-D-M-I-N, I'm I'm sorry, info, because the admin is different, info, I-N-F-O, at W-O-T-F-C dot com. And if you would, email your top three, and I'm going to ask you to do it by Wednesday so that I can take what these topics are filter through them, and be ready for you by next Sunday. All right. Now, before we get started on today's lesson, I want to give nine reasons why you should not be dating. Nine reasons why you should not be dating. Now, these are my reasons, okay? And then number 10 is a bonus because I'm going to walk you through what dating is about anyway. All right? So here's number, number one. Why you should not be dating if it's not been enough time and space since your last relationship. 
What you constitutes say, well, I know, time? I know. There, see, some of y'all are asking, well, what, how much time is that? Well, if you've been in a relationship for two years and it didn't work out, you should at least take a year off before you even try to get into another one. You say, well, Pastor, well, my last relationship was only six months. Then at least take 60 to 90 days off. Because if you went six months with the wrong person, you was off. All right, so that's number two. Here's number three. When you check your social media to see what your ex is doing and who they may be with. What? I skipped two? Oh, oh, oh. Number two. When your money is funny and your change is strange. You should not be dating. If your money is funny and your change is strange, give them a rain check. Number three was when you check your social media to see what your ex is doing. You haven't got over him. You haven't got over her. Because all you're doing when you log on is to see who they with. You should not be dating. Or, or if you're setting up a fake profile to check their profile. Right. Which people do that these days. Here's number four. When you are willing to compromise your Christian standard, you should not be dating if you're willing to compromise your Christian standard. What should that standard be? Well, first of all, your standard, thank you for that silent one isolated clap right there in the middle. Okay. Uh, your Christian standard, Bible standard. Okay. If they're not saved, which I'm going to go through some of this. But if they're not saved, you shouldn't even be interested at all. Okay? Uh, Number five, when your children are still calling your last boyfriend or girlfriend, daddy or mommy. Okay? You should not be dating if Leroy Jr. is still calling Bubba daddy. No, 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 no. Number, number, what number am I on? Letter F. That's what it is on mine. You should not be dating when you are in between jobs or are currently unemployed. Okay? Dating is just a distraction. You need a job. Thank you for those claps in the back. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. What? Say it slow. And God wanted you to work so bad, he made a Bible in the, the book in the Bible named Job. <laughs> I know we pronounce it Job, but it's actually Job, okay? Here's the next one. When one of your main reasons for dating is to make ends meet. Because there are people who date just to make sure they have enough money to pay them bills. Here's the next one. I didn't get too many amens on that one, did I? Okay. Reasons why you should not be dating. Here's the next one. If you are currently pregnant or have a baby on the way that you know of, and that person that the baby is by is not the person you're dating. Okay, let me say that one again. This is not a judgment. This is the truth. If you are currently pregnant or, as a male, having a baby on the way that you know of, you should not be dating somebody else unless it's that person. Thank you for those four claps. Here's the last one. This is a bonus. What? 
This is number nine. Okay, this is number nine. You should not be dating because you have not done enough research on the person that you're dating. He said, well, pastor, I need to do, I don't need to do, I just need to go out with him. No, 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 no. There's too much social media for you to not be researching somebody. Look at how they tweet. Look at what they write on Facebook. Look at all that before you start dating. And so let me just give you the dating process while we're here. Real quick, this is how you do it. First of all, these are stages before you date or stages as you date. Here's the first stage. You meet them. Okay? Some people should not go beyond you meeting them. Come on now. You met her and... She has every designer dress, bag, skirt, weave, shoes, and she ain't worked in five years. Something is wrong with that. You just need to meet her and leave her. Number two, after you meet, let's say they... You know, you met them and it's like, ooh, they, 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 they didn't look interesting. Then after you meet them, then you want to greet them. See, when you greet them, that's when you talk on the phone, you exchange numbers and you talk a little bit. I ain't talking about on the phone all night now. I'm just talking about, you know, you just want to find out who Leroy is. You know, if, see if he got a job. See, you, there's certain things you just ask him up front. You just talk and say, yeah, you know, I work, I work at, uh, Boeing. Uh, where do you work? Uh, I used to work at Brahms. <laughs> now, I ain't saying something wrong with Brahms. I'm just saying. They say they used to work at Brahms. Okay, so where do you work, brother? Uh, I'm, I'm not working right now. Okay, so that meet and that greet stop right there. Give that brother a rain check to get himself together. So you got meet. Then you have greet. Then if they pass the greeting, you're on the phone and you figure out enough about them. You see they go to church on a regular basis. You talk to them and find out that, you know, they, that they, they haven't been in a relationship uh, for a while. And you find out, you know, they love the Lord. Just different things that you talk to them over the phone. Because when you talk to them over the phone, you want to talk to them about substance. Don't be talking about who your favorite rapper. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no. no. That's not, that's irrelevant irrelevant you want to know stuff like how long you been saved and if they say stuff like well what is saved say (laughs) save that question (laughs) meet greet and then then you want to take a seat that's when you start dating because you don't filter them you don't went through their social media you don't talk to them you don't you know checked out their tweeting and all that kind of stuff and it's that, that all check out good then you sit down with them and that's when you start dating because see you only date a potential mate so you can write that down only date a potential mate if they're not a potential mate you shouldn't date them so now you're sitting down and, and so now you're going out with this person. When I say go out, you're going to the movies and, and, and that kind of thing. You're going out with them. And uh, that's when you discover the real them. Okay? And let me just throw this out. If you want to get married, don't marry somebody you haven't dated for at least a year. See, that's my, that's my, that's my Eben Connors rule. 
If you have not been dating for a year, Pastor Evan won't marry you. Now, I'll come to your wedding and I'll, 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 I'll encourage you and I'll support you being married, but I'm not going to marry you because one of my things is when you, when you date for a year, you get to see all four seasons of that person's life. See, right now you, you dating Jeff, but, but Jeff ain't lost his job, so you don't know what he's going to act like. Hard times come. You, all you've seen is good times, Jeff. You haven't seen the hard times, Jeff. Or you've seen good times, Katrina, but you haven't seen the hard... You ain't seen Hurricane Katrina yet. (laughs) So you date them in all four stages of life, all four seasons, summer, winter, spring, and fall. You just date them, right? Because, see, there's one couple. Everybody say years ago. I'm pretty sure none of y'all know them, but it was a couple that came to me, and they wanted me to marry them. And they hadn't been married. uh, I mean, hadn't been dating for a year. And I told both of them, I said, listen, y'all know my rule. I said, y'all need to be dating at least a year. I said, after a year, then come back and Pastor Evan would love to marry you. They said, well, Pastor Evan, we, we feel God told us to get married now. I said, then you're going to have to ask God to marry you. I said, now listen, uh, God is never in a rush. And I've never seen people who were in a rush to make a permanent decision. I said, so listen, listen, listen. Just, just listen to me. I've been, I've been married a long time. Don't, don't just go on, keep dating. And, and they, they just, they just, they were stuck on God, told them to do it. I said, well, listen. He's already on marriage number two. You are already on marriage number one. This is going to be two for you and three for you. They didn't want to listen. So I, I went and they got married and I showed up to the wedding. I sure did. I supported them. I didn't do it. Well, right now, they're not married anymore. As a matter of fact, they've both been married again since then and have divorced again. So he's on number five and she's on number four. Touch your neighbor and say, you better listen to Pastor Evan. <laughs> Meet, greet, seat. And then after you sit down and date with somebody. If they not what they look like, if they don't add up to what they show, you flee. Now, <laughs> Run. Uh, so so where, where do you pray in this? Well, praying is, you should have prayed before you started. Uh, can you tell, you got to tell them though. You got you to tell the singles because see, in this, in this day and age, how, how people date is not, it's not how we used to Well, date. I'm talking to Christians though. Uh, Prayer is part of I'm their life. I'm going to say it slower than for you. Babe? The same thing in the Christians. It don't make no difference. Okay, well. It don't make no difference Let me Christians. say this. They, you have to let Christians know prayer is part of the dating process. Because you have to do that without emotion. Because by the time you get your emotion in, your body and your heart and your desire begins to attract only answers you want. So once you see the person and they hook you up in, you know, in Walmart and they hit on you and you're like, oh, he's so fine and all this kind of thing. Because he fits your, your, your top five. He tall. Your profile. He dark. <laughs> he delicious. You know, these kind of things. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, you, you, you see what you like on the front end. Then your heart starts skipping a beat before you even go into prayer. And if you don't check it before it gets into the emotional stage, you won't be able to go into prayer where you can detach yourself from the situation. And so if I, if I come in and I like you and I exchange my number and that kind of thing, I start igniting hope in my heart. So now I am biased, subconsciously wanting everything to approve you. 
And so even if I see you doing behavior that's contrary to my character, behavior that's contrary to my beliefs, behavior that's contrary to my convictions, because I've already emotionally invested in you, I begin to compromise and accept that that's okay. And I see it and I go, God is telling me. But it's not really God's telling me. It's because I lit a desire too early. Your needs are telling you. So I want to encourage you that as you're, as you're going, before you're going through these stages, you make sure that you are emotionally detached, no matter how cute. No matter, Pastor, sorry, they got, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I hear, Pastor, they're working, they got this, they got, I know, I know, but I'm looking at this arrogant, narcissistic person, and I'm saying, he can't fix you. And you're like, but Pastor, he, no, he treating you good, but I'm looking, and I'm telling you, you'll be going to become subservient in a second. You're not going to be a support. You're going to be a subservient person. And God did not call us to be subservient. He called us to serve right. and he called us to submit. But not to be subservient. It's totally different. And before That's you know right. it, I see us you know, singles, you're washing clothes and managing their accounts and picking up their kids and stuff. You don't have marriage stuff. And we not even, we didn't even discuss. We, this is week two. Come over my house. I make the best collard greens. Come over here. I want to show how I can cook. I want to show I'm wife material. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, Pastor. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you. Run, Within 30 days. Babe, I'm telling you, within 30 days, these women be hooking up these guys with hot water, cornbread, smothered pork chop, macaroni and cheese, all this kind of stuff. The brothers are saying, stop. Listen. Y'all reserve your skills. Reserve your skills. Hold back, hold back. When you are dating, when you are dating, you shouldn't be playing marriage. You shouldn't be. They shouldn't know your checking account information. They shouldn't have your passcodes and your pin number to your. Babe, you know what else? What? They pay bills, babe. I'll take you your light bill, babe. Well, you that was that married. was part of one. That was part of uh, you yeah. shouldn't be dating to yeah. get your ends meet. No, but we're not doing it because we get ends meet. It's because no, we're dating. We we taking responsibility. We're sharing responsibility now. So you take care of that bill, and I take care of this bill. I still think that's number four. I still think that's number four. It, it wasn't a motivator. It's just a benefit because see, that's what the guy does now. You see how the girl cook? Oh, the so guy, he provides. Hello. And then she go, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. But it's a trap. It's a trap, babe. <laughs> they try to trap my single girls, babe. Uh, uh, <laughs> They're slick guys, babe. I try to save my girls. I'm trying to get to my lesson. No, I'm telling you. We're going to get to the lesson. But This look like this is the lesson. <laughs> Listen, woman of God. Woman of God. When you give a man... When a man wants a woman, he will pay your bills. Send you to the He's looking for something in return. And buy you heels. But why do we do this, babe? You know why? Go to your lesson. Oh, look at there. Look at there. Oh, we resist. We resist instead of Thank rest. you. We resist instead of rest. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going according to plan. Not going according to plan. 
I am just, I'm shocked of how some singles have gotten themselves into certain relationships. I'm amazed because the standard for these days is constantly going down. So in Genesis 22, we're going to read about a passage. And what I want to briefly talk about, because we don't have a lot of time now, we got 20 minutes, we got 20. is resting in the promise. Lots of, how many singles in here? I know it's not everybody, but if you are a single, they start raising their hand already. Because you know what I'm about to ask. What am I about to ask? Who want to get married? If you, if you want to get married one day, raise your hand if you want to be married. Okay, so wait a minute, keep them up, keep them up. Now just look around you, look around you, so you, you know I'm just not talking to just you. Look around some more, look in the back, keep your hand up, look around. Alright, now see all the desperate people's hands up? Let's go ahead. Through. I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. (laughs) I'm just playing. All right. Here's what I've discovered. A lot of single people become discontent because they haven't learned to be content with the promise that God makes them that he will give them the desires of their heart. So now we're about to read a story about a man named Abraham. And God made Abraham a promise when he was 80-something years old, 90-something years old, and uh, he promised Abraham a son. He says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son, and this son is going to be, a, he's going to be blessed to be a blessing. All of the nations are going to come out of this one son. So God gives Abraham a son. So now we pick up the story because Abraham has the son in, in verse 1. It says, and it came to pass after these things that God, he tested Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... And he said, behold, I'm here. And he says, I need you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And I need you to get into the land of Moriah. And once you get there, I want you to offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountains, which I tell you. Now, let's just stop there, because now what God promised Abraham, he wants Abraham to give it back to him. So now Abraham is about to give it back. Let's see what Abraham's response is. It says here in verse 3, And Abraham rose early in the morning. He didn't think about it. He didn't pray about it. He didn't call his friends on the phone. Girl, God told me to let this guy go. What you think? It don't matter what your girlfriend thinks. If God told you to let him go, you need to let him go. Well, God said, listen, in the morning he got up. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he took some wood for the burnt offering. He rose up and went to the place of of which God told him. Verse 4. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. He saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Stay here with the donkey. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And we will come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. And he laid it upon his son Isaac. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. Now listen, people think Isaac was a little boy. He was not a little boy because little boys don't carry wood up a mountain. He was at least 12 to 13. I think at this time he might have been 16 years old. But he was old enough to now walk up. So now in verse 7, it says, And Isaac spoke to his father and said, My father, he says, I'm here. He says, Behold. I see the fire, I see the wood, 
But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went together. They came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there. He laid the wood in order. And watch this. He bound Isaac, his son. He laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him out of the heaven and said, Abraham, he says, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand upon the, on the lad. Neither do him any harm. For now I know that you fear me. You fear God, seeing that you have not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. Here's my question as we start here. Do you trust God with your singleness? Can you rest in the promise that he made you, that he will give you the desires of your heart? If you've ever asked God, God, would you... Bring a mate in my life for me to get married. If you've ever asked that question, he heard you. Here's my question. Can you rest in the fact that the promise keeper will keep his promise? And see, here's the thing. Can you give to God what he gave you? He gave you a promise. Hey. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Yes, I'm going to give you a man of God. Yes, I'm going to give you a woman of God. I am going to do that. I'm your father and I want to make you happy. Okay, that's the promise he made to you. Can you give that promise back to him until he fulfills it? Abraham gave back to God his son Isaac. And some of you are not content because you really don't believe God's going to do it. And that's why you remind God all the time. Or we have bought the lie that God is going to give us something we don't want. So we are afraid to really wait because we hear these horror stories of God telling people to do things that they totally didn't want to do. You know, I didn't want to be a preacher and God called me to be one. I didn't want to go to India and God sent me over there. You know, so you're thinking, well, God, I want this kind of person in my life. And you're thinking that God is that kind of God, that he's going to give you something you don't want. So you're really afraid to trust him with it fully. So, and because you feel you know what you want more than he does. Can you trust God with your single state? Let me tell you a secret. If you cannot be content in your single state, you will not be content in a marital state. If you cannot be happy with God, you will not be happy with the God of Tyrone. It's not going to happen. And so what happens is you will reach a point in your life where God will ask you for what he gave you. Oh, I I know I told you you were going to get married, and I still believe that, but can you give that marriage to me before you give? Can you trust me with, watch this, your desire? See, when Pastor Sarah and I were dating, we got to a point where I knew I was supposed to marry her. She knew she was supposed to marry me. But it got to the point where God said, okay, can you trust me to work this thing out? Because, see, we were separating countries. She went to live in Johannesburg, South Africa. I was living at the time in Jamaica. 
the only way to communicate was through mail. And every now and then, maybe every three months, you could call on the phone because you had to buy phone cards to even do that. Do you trust God with what he's trying to bless you with? Or are you not going to be content until he blesses you? See, now, let me just say this. I didn't, I didn't finish the story. Well, I read the rest of the story where it says, you know, oh, our story. Well, I'm going I'm to keep going. I'm going to hang on. I'm gonna, I want you to hang. Just hang there. Hang there. Hang there. Because one of, one of the main reasons why the average single believer is not content with being single is because they really don't trust that God loves them enough to give them the desires of their heart. They don't really know that God loves them that much. When you know that God loves you, I mean like really, 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 really loves you, then that God who loves you is committed to making you happy and fulfilled. And if he already has foresight, insight into your life, he already knows that right now your life is not ready for somebody. Can you be okay with that? Because see, he's an exceeding kind of God. So there are things that you desire, and there's things he wants to exceed. That's right. But sometimes we don't even really know what's in our, what's mixed into our desire until that desire is not coming to pass. Just like I didn't know that I even had the ability or possibility to even become envious at all until I wanted to have a baby, and everybody else was popping up with babies but me. You could have never told me I had an envy issue because I never saw it manifested in, in my life anywhere. But when something, my desire was delayed, when my desire was deferred, when I was invested in my desire and not the God of my desire. When I was trying to make sure my desire came to pass, it was then that I realized I had an ability to be envious in a certain situation. And some of us don't know that we are spiteful and we're resentful and we withhold forgiveness and we are moody and we're insecure and we're needy and we're like that in our single state. And we don't know it until it begins to get deferred. This desire is becoming deferred. And then you start realizing we're getting miserable and angry and upset and frustrated. And now you have to see all that dross that's coming out of your heart. Because that's really what God is coming after. Because if he leaves that within us, when we get married, it only heightens what's already there. It doesn't cure it. It magnifies it. So you and I have a job to get rid of the dross and pursue God before so he can purify us. So when we get together because of purpose and not because of passion, then the purpose will sustain when the passion is running away. And you're able, even if it's grudgingly, you're able to obey God. And nobody says obeying God is always skip to Malu. Just I'm cheery about doing it. God loves a cheerful giver. But sometimes obedience, you, you may be stomping your feet on your way to obedience. But the point is to still obey. And so it's, it's, it's in that moment that you realize that your desire, when it's deferred, you have to now start seeing what is coming out of your heart because that's what God is trying to come after. 
And that's what happened. God said, do you trust me enough for you to give Sarah, give her to me? Do you trust me enough, Sarah, to give Eben to me? And in that case, you know, we were so in sync. It was like creepy, you know, because we would get prophetic words and scriptures on the same day at the same time. I mean, our thing was so crazy. Like, we can't go nowhere. I mean, we, we, we really supposed to be married together. You know what I mean? We have signs, wonders, miracles, casting of seas. I mean, and that same day he told me I had it in my journal that God had asked me to give him back to him. But I told God, no. You can see who's the spiritual one in the relationship. I had waited. I had gone on a dating fast. I had told God I wasn't dating anybody anymore because I was a dataholic. And I said, no more, the next person I'm dating or whatever, you know, I'm going to get married to that person. And so it had been like three plus years or whatever. I know in your, your world it wasn't long, but for somebody who is ever in a, always in a relationship, that's like eternity. So I told the Lord, no. I prayed about it. I went to my pastor about it. I talked to my dad about it. I got a witness in my spirit. And I'm not letting him go because I already did this. So, if you are going to do this, God, because you're not a good God. Now I start to question God. You want to take away the thing that now I, now, now you see me love somebody. You know, I, I gave all them three years to you. Why you couldn't just, I was so miserable. And then God stopped talking to me. And I was like, okay, no, I'm just jo- joking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I changed my mind. I would rather have you than Evan. It took me like a whole solid week to get myself together. It, like five minutes for him because he always like on the obedience track. Me, I'm always a resistant, you know. So when I obeyed God, though, God asked me back for him because, see, I didn't even know in that moment for me, Evan had already started to become an idol in my life. I had already started catering my whole world around him, but I was in a mission field, supposed to be saving people to Jesus. But I'm thinking, when's the next phone call? When's the next letter? Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to hear from him. My whole world began to become, I need to interact with Evan. I need to hear Evan. It wasn't like hearing God like before. I was like, oh, Lord, I just want to hear from you. Yeah, I did that for 15 minutes. But when's Evan calling? When's Evan calling? And so God was like, hold up. <laughs> Something wrong here. I gave you a gift. And the now, gift- see, some people are going, well, I, I'll never do that. Well, you don't get happy till you get off the phone with her. You was in a bad mood until Jessica called you. <laughs> Everybody know it worked when you had a good date that week because you come in skipping. Now, as we wrap up, let me show you how to rest in the promise. When God gives a promise, he gave Abraham a promise. He says, I'm going to give you a son. That son's name is Isaac. If you don't learn to wait on the promise, then you will make your own promise. And that's where Ishmael's come in. Ishmael was Abraham's first son. It was by, it wasn't by his wife. It was by uh, his, his servant's, uh, his servant named Hagar. Okay, so he ended up having a baby with this woman. Now, it was his wife Sarah's idea, but the point is, he didn't wait. When you don't wait on the promise and you make your own promise up, you have to sustain the promise. Okay, so now he tells him to give him Isaac. He he gets Isaac, and then God says, now give me Isaac back. Wait a minute, I thought you gave me Isaac. I did, but I want you to give him back. So watch this now. The word says... 
that God has a future. I'm going to read it. This is in Jeremiah 29. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's the, that's the promise. The promise is I will give you the desires of your heart. That's what I will do. That's the promise. Well, how do I know if I'm resting in the promise? Most people don't realize this. That if you can't trust that word, you ain't trusting God. Well, I mean, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if I cannot rest on the word, on the promise that he gave me, what I'm doing is wrestling with the promise giver. Most people don't see that them not trusting the word means they're not trusting God. Yes, it does. You may listen. You can love somebody and not trust them. Lots of people love God, but they haven't loved him enough to trust him. And when you can't trust in that word, when you can't be patient, when you can't sit back and be content and watch him work it out, what you're saying is, God, I don't trust you. So watch this now. Here's We, we close right here. Here's, a, here's, a, here's where we're going to close. In Hebrews 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, it talks about rest. And so watch this. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the gospel preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith who heard it. Verse 3 says this. For we which have believed do enter into the rest. Once you believe that God heard you, once you believe that God's going to respond to your, 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 your request, once you know that, once you believe that, notice it says, those who believe entered into his rest. So now I don't have to ask God every day. So let me just give you some signs of how. But these are, these are, these are signs that you're not resting or trusting. It's when you constantly are reminding God of what he said. You don't have to remind God. He already knows. Well, Pastor, that's the faith process. Now, the faith process is for you to make the confession for you. Watch this now. And you thank him. I don't have to keep asking God. If I know he's going to do it, then all I got to do is now thank him for it. So one of the signs that you're not resting or trusting is when you constantly are reminding God of what he said. Here's number two. It's when you have this internal clock that is counting down every day, every hour, every minute. Of how long you've been single. God, I've been single since 1962. Well, he knows how long you've been single. Who's counting? You know why you're counting? Because you're not resting. Here's number three. It's when you make your promise happen by helping God. And that's when I talk about Ishmael. Are you helping God? Why are you on every website? Every one of them. Singles, ChristianNet.com, ChristianMingle.com. BlackLove.com. You even on Farmers.com. FarmersOnly.com. You on all of them. You ain't got no pair of boots. You don't have no cowboy hat, but you on FarmersOnly.com. Come on now. You trying to help God. How many believe I married the right person? Let me see your hand if you believe that. Okay. There was no single online dating then. I had to trust God to bring her into my life. It hasn't changed. Let me tell you something. I'm just, I ain't hating on online dating. I ain't hating on it. Let me tell you something about online dating. 
All it does is increases your level of temptation. That's all it does. It just increases your level of uh, temptation. You see, I'm not, you know, well, I, I just want to see how he is. I just want to see how she is. Okay. Can a man put fire in his bosom and not be burned? Absolutely not. And these days you can get burned in more than one way. <laughs> Signs that you're not resting or trusting. When your prayer life is basically a prayer list. How do you know when you're not resting and you're not trusting? It's when your prayer life becomes a prayer list. God becomes Santa Claus. It's not about now you serving him. It's about what he's going to do for you. Here's the last one. It's when it bothers you when people ask you about the problem. Girl, when you going to get married? I heard a story about a, a guy, he's about 24, and his 11-year-old niece asked him, so do you have a girlfriend? He was like, no, I don't have one right now. She said, oh, oh, oh that's probably because you ain't got no job, do you? <laughs> Might have been some truth to that one, but anyway. Here's where we end right here. So how do you rest? How do you be content in the single state that you're in? Because see, if, you, if you're smart, the Jesus said, that, uh, for the joy that was set before him, he would do it across. See, if you see yourself married, you don't worry about being single. Here is how you can rest in the promise. Is one, I'm going to say it like I wrote it. Let me see. You, you rest in the promise when you die to you. You rest. You can rest in the promise. When you die to you. Jesus said, unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. He says, but once it is in the ground, it produces much fruit. When you die from what you want, how you want it, when you, oh, Jesus, I feel that. When you want it, God, I'm going to be married before the end of the year. Well, you can do that if you want to. It's not about what you want. When you die to what you want. And I believe there are some people that need to bring, watch this down, their single desire or their desire to get married, you need to bring it to this altar and leave it here. i tell you something. It's like, I, I'm, pastor came into my life, like I said, I was on that fast, but by the time I had finished that fast, I really didn't care if I was married. I wanted to go serve on the mission field. And I just couldn't see how marriage was going to help me do that. So marriage was unnecessary for me at that time because I, my call was more important than my comfort. And what God was calling me to do, I was willing to do single. And it was then when I didn't need to be married. It was then when I didn't want to be married. It was then when I was so consumed with God that there was not space for distraction. It was then that he came into my life. And we didn't recognize each other on the front end because we were too consumed with God that we did not recognize that, whoa, God is putting us together. And so I just want to encourage you that you rest in there because you know Father knows best. Mm. 
Father knows best. Those of you who have children, you know. You see your children doing something. You know, I see Landon taking the, the, the tricycle and trying to drive down the stairs. He thinks he knows best. In his mind, it's an adventure. It's exciting. Let me try it. But I know best because I have a different view. I have better experience because heaven did that before. And it didn't work out too well. So I know from previous experience to protect him, he can't ride on those stairs. And we have to remember that the father heart of God, we sing it here. He's a good, good father. That his heart is for you, towards you, and to exceed your every desire. But there comes a point where you have to be like that scripture says, where you die, that corn dies, where you forget about it almost. It's like, that's what I want to do, but it's not, it's not my main motivation. He's my main motivation. And it so happens that's when it was during that time that, oh my gosh, I got so many offers from people that were on my list. Because I did have a list. But they weren't the right ones. And when pastor came into my life, you know, we were just good friends. He was eight years older than me. So I was 19 when he met me. He was almost 30. So we didn't recognize each other. You understand? She made 30 sound old, didn't she? I'm just saying, for a 19-year-old, I was 19. Old. He was hey, 30. If you had he the, was 30. You got the teen and the 30. That don't sound right. You got to at least get a 20 before you can skip all them numbers. But, how, how do you now, babe? How do you now? Don't worry about it. Remember what Landon said. What Landon said. I will never get old. You know what? I don't listen to Landon. Landon. So, <laughs> so I just want to tell you. When you get really, Paul says, a single person is concerned with the affairs of the Lord. Here's the thing. Some of these singles in this room are letting the life of being single pass them by because they have a mental state of marriage. So all the fun and the stability and the the growth that comes with being single, they're, they're missing it. And I believe today, as an act of faith, everybody who wants to get married, I believe God wants you to give that promise back to Him. Here's how you're going to do it. You're just going to come. And, and you know what? We're going to say a prayer. And so you're going to come down here and you're going you're gonna to drop, drop your promise off. Okay, Lord, here's, here's Leroy. I'm a, I'm a, I know that's an old school name, but okay, let me figure out a good one. Devin. Let's move up a little bit. David. Oh, yeah, they got these names. He said, give him. No, give to God. Give him your desire. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. I pray that what they heard will stimulate their hearts to lean on you and trust you believe you and I pray in Jesus name that everything that has been said or done is going to motivate these singles to pursue you more than they've ever pursued you in their lives let them know God that there is more in you 
then they can see. So here's my question. If you die today and you're not sure you go to heaven, I want to pray for you.